0: Hey, I'm Alan McGuire.
1: And I'm Sarah Griffin.
0: And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. Our guest today is a writer from Canada. She's going to talk to us about um, possibly the most important woman in the history of the world. Uh, Sarah Haggy. welcome to the show.
2: Hi. Thank you so much.
0: We are delighted to have you here uh, on our phone. So who are you going to talk to us about?
2: Um, I'm going to talk to you today about Oprah Winfrey but specifically the Oprah Show, which I just googled, ran from 1986 to 2011.
0: It seems older than that to me. That's weird to me because I, I always felt like Oprah was part of like my early childhood. But it started like I was like 12, which sounds weird. What was it, like? How did you get into Oprah? How like what years of your life is she a part of?
2: Um, I'd say like most of the formative ones. Mm. So I was born in '91. Um, and so like I guess I would come home from school. My mom was a stay at home mom and I would come home from school and like my family like together we'd watch Oprah and the show called The Young and the Restless, which was a soap opera. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, I, I feel like Oprah like didn't raise me but definitely informed my mom on a lot of different things. Like there's so many memories I have that are from Oprah episodes
0: okay such as
2: um <laughs> like a lot of like this like the panicky things about like growing up in the 2000s or whatever mm. um I remember our mom ma- our parents like our one computer was always in our living room and like that was like pretty normal but it got to the point like eventually you know like the per- people had more personal computers and like laptops and everything and Our mom was like, "No, you guys are never gonna have your own computers and laptops." Because I watched an episode about this kid who became a cam girl. (laughs) (laughs) Early
1: two thousands. It was like it was like a (laughs) pioneer.
2: I know it was like insane because she was like, "Yeah, like actually, was a young boy and he was being um, like he had a webcam and then like this guy started blackmailing him and." That's absolutely not going to happen to you guys. You're not even allowed having a web. Like, we couldn't have a webcam because of Oprah.
1: Oprah was very wise. <laughs> That's very wise of her. <laughs> yeah, she she knew what was up. That whole thing of having a computer in the center of your living space as a kid is so real as well. Like it's this hu- it's this piece of very uh, like prominent furniture of the sort of late nineties early noughties, where like if you're using the internet for however like for like 20 minutes or half an hour or however long you can afford to give up your phone time. The whole family is bearing witness to your use of the internet, you know? It's very central. Yeah, there was no real privacy,
2: I guess. Also, um, there were so many things, like scary things that I first heard of on Oprah, like, mm. like, oh, if you get kidnapped and you get taken to a second location, you're probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of trauma. And like, I, I remember like watching an episode and learning that like if you do get taken to the second location like like leaving as much of a trail as possible or like getting the <laughs> the kidnappers <laughs> blood under your nails and being like oh yeah that's so smart and
0: <laughs> thank you Oprah like,
2: yeah.
0: hey. <laughs> see I always thought that Oprah was like a celebrity show so when I started like researching his property I was kind of shocked to realize how much I guess sensational kind of stuff she did I've always thought of her as, like, the Tom Cruise person or the person who got Elton John to admit when he hit rock bottom and that kind of thing. Mm. But it's all like, I lived in a cage for seven years and now I'm okay, kind of stuff. Investigation stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like she was like the middle ground between really crazy daytime TV shows like Jerry Springer or whatever, and then, like, I guess, dateline sort of things. Mm. So it was like perfect for the afternoon and it was perfect for like, I guess people who didn't want to watch the craziness that was regular daytime TV.
1: It feels like it was incredibly tasteful or something. Like her presence was wise and uh, measured or something.
2: Yeah, I I guess it was. It was like, you know, she became like, it's weird to say like, I was thinking about it the other night. I was watching on Netflix. She did an interview with um, the cast of When They See Us, and it was like it's like this hour long special about the guys who were taken at Central Park and mm. accused of rape and whatever. And the interview, I was like, oh my god, I feel like I'm watching Oprah again because it's just so familiar. Like, and, and then you realize so many things. I feel like couldn't have happened without her. Mm. Like she changed the way celebrity interviews went um it was just like I feel like she gave us so much
1: (laughs) probably without even knowing really you know because I say the pressure on her to be exceptional was was huge but that impact like when I googled her earlier today to do because I I listened to a really long form podcast on her last year and got kind of obsessed with her well after the fact but when I googled her today to to do it like a fact run The first thing that appears under her name is like American executive. Do you know? Which is not immediately what I think of when I think of Oprah. I think of sort of a a wise and interesting interviewer who like, like captures these huge stories in this very gentle setting or something.
0: I think. Sorry, go on, Sarah. No,
1: no, no, go on.
0: I am watching her interviews with like people who've been through trauma and stuff. I found her. She does it in a really different way than I think anybody else would. She just straight up asks you super personal things and you want to tell them to her. And it's just, I don't think anybody else gets away with it. They definitely don't do it on late night TV, which is where my, most of my American chat show experience was. Um, like she will just straight up say to, say the girl who lived in a cage till she was seven, they watched, um, they, they, she went back there to the house and walked yes. around it. And then she was in the studio with Oprah. I was like a 21 year old with a one and a half year old kid of her own. And Oprah was like, now you told me you've never been to therapy. I think you should go to therapy because you have a kid and you don't want to inflict anything on him. So you should definitely go to therapy. Whoa. I was like, who would say that? Like on the but television, it, but it's like Oprah saying it to you. She's like, yes, Oprah, I, I will. <laughs> Thank you, Oprah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And she still does that. Even with that, uh, what I was talking about just now, the, uh, when they see us interviews, mm. that that hour long thing on Netflix, she like, she asked questions. I was like, oh my God, like she asked that. It was stuff like, um, you know, like one of that, one of them, something happened with his father and she's like, did you ever forgive your father? Like, but the way she said it was just like so direct. Like she asked, she asked such direct questions all throughout her show. And like, I mean, I guess in some ways it was like it with the lens of like 2019 or whatever. It's not super woke all the time, mm. but she really is an amazing interviewer. Like she gets down to it, but also I feel like her celebrity interviews were absolutely batshit crazy (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah
2: they were just insane it was like what like what what template are you using to talk
0: (laughs) yeah i mean okay so we should probably get into the tom cruise one we should just dive right into that right it yeah. seems like the like canonical crazy <laughs> Oprah interview Iconic, I, only, like, I watched it for the first time fully like all 40 minutes of it this week I'd only ever seen like small 40 you small watched cl- wow I watched all 40 minutes yeah uh, it, was only, it was always like in small clips or GIFs yeah or I feel like I,
1: I know the tale through having watched I remember the, I remember when it was on like yeah. it was clear as a bell that everyone was talking about mm. it but uh, I didn't realise it was that long
0: And but also the important thing people forget is Oprah was totally complicit in everything that happened in that interview she, right? t- she totally oh my- egged him on oh at every step that, Like that thing Where he like Grabbed both of her hands And shakes at her And stuff Oh my god He does that Three separate times Over 40 minutes yeah. That's not just A one one-off occurrence And she like Loves it Every time She I think Because she is Genuinely seems to be, She was a good Actually a really good Friend of his And already knew About the Katie Holmes stuff And um, But she like Will not stop asking him She asks She asks Tom Holmes Will he marry Katie Holmes Or Tom Cruise Will he marry Katie Holmes The straight up says You're gonna marry her Whoa. On TV and the audience don't help either. The audience are nuts. Yeah. The audience are, I guess, a group of forty-year-old women who are in a room with Tom Cruise. Goals. <laughs> is just—it's like a Beatles concert. My best friends. all yeah. of them. Could yeah. you imagine
1: the good vibes in that room? Could you imagine the the the, the sheer thrill and excitement? Yeah. I have attended a One Direction concert. I know what pure feminine energy means. You know. Yeah. Like I would, I would be very happy in that crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember watching it when it originally went out, Sarah?
2: Yes, I absolutely remember watching it. I have two older sisters, so they're like, they were in their early 20s at the time, I would say, and I was a kid, and I was just like, this is, like, we were just watching it, and I was like, this is weird, because, okay, well, I actually rewatched it in full, um, like, a month or so ago with a friend who was visiting, because, like, I mean, uh, I feel like Alan might know this, but I'm obsessed with Tom Cruise. Like, <laughs> like I love him. Like good so.
1: obsessed, like good nostalgic, like teenage, I, like swoony obsessed, or like I'm fascinated by this mad Scientologist person who is like a total, like Sphinx. Do you know, like unreadable mystery, like which which kind or or, or a little column A, a little column B. Uh, I
2: think
1: it's maybe three columns. Whoa, <laughs> I, I'm interested in column C. Like, let's go. <laughs>
2: I feel like you don't want to say Colin C, which is like, do you genuinely like him? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, I think he's like an amazing actor <laughs> and I love his movies so much. Um, I, I do think he's like one of the last true movie stars. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree with that. And obviously he's, I mean, like, it's gotten to the point where I'm like, should I even tweet things about Tom Cruise being crazy? Cause like, what if I have a chance to meet him? <laughs> That's yeah. my tweet.
1: But have you ever I heard just, the Adam I... Buxton interview about with, um, I don't know, is it, is it Simon Pegg? Or oh, with is Joe Cornish. It with Joe Cornish about him. Have you ever heard this? It's an amazing oh. podcast about uh, an experience that Joe Cornish had, the director had with Tom Cruise. And um, every Christmas day, Adam Buxton asks Joe Cornish on this podcast to tell him about one thing that Tom Cruise said to him in this meeting room and he won't tell him. But uh he just
0: adds on a little bit extra to the story every, every year. Oh, you, should so listen you get Europe like seven minutes into his Tom Cruise encounter after three years. It's brilliant. But That's it's fun. I think Tom it's again yeah Tom Cruise is the last three movie star. Mm. Um and like the Mission Impossible films are like brilliant action yeah. films.
1: Interview the vampire Interview
0: the Vampire yeah. and collateral. He's a he's amazing and everybody says he's lovely as well.
2: Yeah well, I mean like if yeah. you're that crazy like you have to be really kind because someone would have cancelled you by now like
0: (laughs) and Um, which makes the oprah thing all the weirder it's just like is is that what all famous people are like like unfiltered you wonder because i i feel like crazy people, like famous people are just not like us really at all there's something else in their like chemistry that like lets them get up to that level and then just all the like coddling and yes men just kind of exacerbate it. So I wonder if that is like, if they all just grab each other's hands all the time and like punch the floor when they're excited around each other. That's
2: why the interview was so good because when you're watching it, you're like, Oh, I'm getting a peek into the life of famous people. Like this is how they are with each other. This is how they talk to each other. This is like, like at one point, like, I thought they were going to really cuddle or something. They were so tactile Mm, and like, like she he kept like touching Oprah's legs and like, in just like the most friendly, like, like, like two people talking kind of weird way. And it was just like, I mean, that's the one, that's the interview that, well, okay. So the whole interview is about war of the worlds, a movie that wasn't even complete at the time.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it was, uh, very, very secretive, and they made it seem like, oh, like, what is this, this new crazy Spielberg movie with, with all these special effects, and like, obviously, it was before YouTube or whatever, so it was all based on people watching commercials. Um, and I, and but it hardly focuses on the movie other than showing like random clips of Tom Cruise like running through rubble, and then there were, did you remember, like, there were those weird things where she would get like steven spielberg to say a word about tom cruise and dakota fanning to talk about tom cruise
0: yeah those it, bits they're so jarring because they were obviously recorded with a totally different uh, context in mind where it was a normal interview on oprah rather than this like sideshow to what everybody wanted to see which was what is tom cruise going to do next on this show so there's like yeah. nobody i don't care dakota fanning how what a lovely person he was to so, To like work with did he punch the floor when he did a good scene that's what i need to know did he jump on things afterwards
2: (laughs) and it obviously became this crazy thing about tom cruise and katie holmes but then you know katie holmes is there but you don't see her until like the very end pretty much right Mm -hmm. and everyone it's like should we bring katie out everyone's cheering no 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 and you're like what is happening like (laughs) Like, it's just, I felt like I was going crazy because
0: it was so weird. Because he, like, he, he runs backstage and Oprah's like, at a cameraman, follow him. Go after him. And he yeah, basically yeah. manhandles Katie Holmes out of the dressing room. He has his hands on, like, the side of her arms, walking her out the whole way. And then as soon as they get inside of the audience, then they stop and kiss. But up to then, it's just, like, pushing her. Oh. It's a really weird vibe. Yikes. And she doesn't seem comfortable out there at all like at all at all do you
1: think anybody noticed that at the time though
0: i don't know i'll tell you one thing i'm pretty sure there was a large um scale operation to make it to normalize it because the Mm -hmm. day of their wedding um or the day after sorry there was like wedding pictures in the daily mirror that's just a tabloid newspaper over here and they had a picture of katie holmes like taken from a paparazzi shot of her standing at the window of the castle and she's very obviously crying Oh, dear and the Jesus. caption was Kayleigh Holmes excited on her wedding day. Yikes. I was like, I'm whoa. Someone, it's very, it's, you can't find it. It's been memory hold. Oh, really? I found it once. I couldn't find it again. Yeah. It's really weird. But the, the whole op- oh, thing there's around there's that me. was just...
1: That's wild. Creepy. I think we also do look, I think because we all look at celebrities almost more closely now because we have a different mm-hmm. kind of access to them. I think that we also look at how people touch each other on screen and during live events a lot more. Like... Now, if a celebrity interviewer were interviewing an actor and they were touching each other all the time, like that would be gift endlessly, like and it would be studied and there would be hundreds of dollars changing hands for think pieces about it. Do you know? Yes. It's a different time.
2: I think that's the craziest part of the interview is that Mm. it really shows how different things were then and like compared to now in a way that you're like. Oh, celebrity culture has changed completely. Oh, completely. You know, like, now they're setting all the narratives, which I think is, like, when Oprah ended, maybe it was, like, the best time. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, celebrities would go on her show and tell their story, and it would be Mm -hmm. their narrative. And they're the only... The only way to have access to them would be, like, you know, through interviews and paparazzi pictures. And now they have social media, and, like, you know, they're able to... What, do whatever narrative they want. And I guess, like, in that sense, it's very interesting to look at it. But then you're also like, oh, this is the most... Like, I don't think he's done... After he did that interview, and then up until, I guess, his kid was, like, one, and he was going on the Today Show and, like, calling Matt Lauer glib or whatever, <laughs> like, he hasn't really done many interviews at all, I think.
1: He's from- like, he's not celebrity in the same way no and he's from before the internet and i think he's handsome from before the internet like the mystery surrounding him and scientology and like i occasionally see that picture of nicole kidman walking out of the divorce office like there are these sort of strands of urban legend that surround him but like the story of his celebrity almost culminated and fizzled out in that oprah interview surely didn't it like his like the the curtain dropped we saw him And maybe people weren't so captivated
0: anymore. I wonder how Oprah feels about it. Yeah. That she thinks that she did a good job or not.
2: Um, I do remember, like, even though there was crazy, I guess, like, backlash after that interview, like, people were like, is Tom Cruise unhinged? Maybe for the first time they were really like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's something up with this guy. Because, I mean, obviously the couch jumping. And then, do you remember also, Alan, he, like, does, and obviously, Sarah, you remember this as well, because there are endless gifts and photos of it, but where he does that, like, weird squat thing, like, yes. you um, know, yeah. like And you're like, he's just like, will jump off the couch, and he'll go like, yeah. And he's like, <laughs>
1: what? Yeah, that, that chaos is, is definitely something I remember. Like, so much of television and so many interviews are controlled so tightly now as well. Like, you don't really see, especially around film promotion, um... The level of like i don't i want don't want to riskily call it humanity but people don't go off book like that you know
2: like... no they don't and they can't no. and i feel i feel like oprah was like the last like when she ended i mean of course there have been so many great interviewers and you know like radio shows and podcasts and like you know people going on nightly news programs or whatever. but i don't think it'll ever anything will ever be the same as the oprah winfrey show when she was like syndicated mm. and you know like just like everything about it is so
1: comforting to me because yeah. it just feels like an- another time did she make you want to be a writer like did she make you want to go and ask questions of people and like investigate things
2: um i don't know i think she i think she like definitely opened my eyes to like other like being interested in other people in a different way mm. and I feel like maybe as someone who is I mean okay here's another thing like my family I'm I was born in Canada but my family uh, are Somali refugees and I was the only one born here and like all my siblings came when they were also younger I have three siblings so I feel like it was definitely a glimpse into like a world I that I didn't quite like the inner lives of people like I didn't really understand yeah Mm. massively my life was so different so I was like man are like are white people really this crazy (laughs) (laughs) like when she'd have these interviews where to be like and and then she was kidnapped by her mom and I was like whoa (laughs) White people are crazy.
1: Sure, they have I, different problems, man. <laughs> different problems over there, like man. My family is really normal and nice compared to white people,
2: mm. and <laughs> I, I, I do feel like it was like we. My family would, you know, my dad would come home from work, and my sisters would be home from like school or whatever, and my brother and I would get off a of school bus and we would catch some of Oprah or like whatever shows was on, and it was like oh like this is the the other world like this is the other like like i went to school with these kids and like i would go to their houses but i was kind of like oh this is wild <laughs> yeah.
1: do you think there's a because that was a whereabouts in canada are you from
2: uh i grew up in ottawa which ottawa. I, I, it is the capital and not many people know that because i mean the, toronto l- gets a lot
1: of a lot of coverage right <laughs> yeah i live in toronto
2: now but it's like toronto montreal vancouver so I just like I don't even tell most people I'm from of Ottawa because they're like what's that ah. <laughs> uh,
1: so did you find that the that, like watching things like um, like Oprah like, give an insight into the difference between Canadians and Americans
2: yeah I would say so because they had American ass problems like mm. it was like healthcare stuff that Canada didn't have mm. and you know just like stuff that would happen in you know like middle america or whatever that i guess we didn't really know about in the same way um i guess it was also kind of like post 9 11 when i was very aware of like when i was becoming you know like a kid with thoughts and feelings um so that was definitely a look into
1: i guess like what americans were like because yeah. we were hmm. of america at that point did that's actually i'm genuinely really curious about this did 9 11 impact canada culturally in the same way that it impacted america yeah it did i
2: mean obviously not the same way because it wasn't us but i remember the day like i was late for school um i was probably like 10 um and i was late for school and i remember it was like on the news but my sister was driving me to school and we were like is this like a movie or something? Mm. And then we got to school and there was an assembly about 9-11. Like there were like, something really bad happened in America and blah, 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 blah. And we were just like, what? And then I guess like my sisters were pretty woke um, considering like there was, no, <laughs> there was no internet. No, but like... <laughs> yeah.
1: No, but yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Like there was absolutely no access on the level that we have now to the news and to like grimly disasters as they happen you know so to be woke to that kind of thing before the access was there is actually quite huge yeah so they were like things
2: will really be different now like mm. there's gonna be wars and like all this stuff and then they were going to protest and all that sort of stuff and i feel like oprah i mean i don't remember the heavier oprah episodes i'm sure there was like a lot of post 9-11 stuff or like very patriotic things and like oh, sorry. things oh, about the troops and stuff But I I don't remember that so much. But also, I feel like, you know, I remember, I mean, Canada is definitely overshadowed by the U.S. in, like, every way, culturally. Like, we even have laws here where, I I, I forget the percentage, but there's a Canadian something of television, Canadian radio and television something, and I think it's, like, 20 to 30 percent of what we consume on television. Radio has to be Canadian.
1: We were just talking, we recorded an episode earlier about Irish children's, uh, an, an Irish children's television uh, hero. Um, and we talked about that a bit earlier because we have that with England ourselves, you know, where a lot of the media that we consume is British or American. So that's quite surprising given that Canada is so huge.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, and I feel like for, like everyone kind of wanted to be American in a way, like America was very cool to us in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, like culturally, culturally, Like they had cooler cities, Um, you know, people would say like, oh, I want to go to Los Angeles one day. And even though it's not crazy far, it seemed like this like far away, cool place where dreams come to life. Hmm. And like, I do still carry that with me now. Yeah. But I feel like Oprah definitely helped with that as well. We were like, so much happens in America. Like they have all these things we don't have, like different stores and fast food restaurants and just like, you know, just like different accents and we're just like this is crazy like america's so different in so many ways and also i guess oprah was a way to like look at america and it's funny because i went to the netherlands to stay with family and dr phil was on tv Mm -hmm. i was watching dr phil and i was like do you guys think that this is how america like is
1: and they're like yeah yeah that's fair (laughs) that's fair it's either like dr phil or friends or somewhere in between mm. yeah they're like yeah america's
2: crazy i'm like i mean you you know this is not like there are a lot of people there, like it's, it's really not all of this. um so i do think it was on that kind of scale where that was you know that was america and it, it was like going home and watching this very American thing and these American problems and these white people problems and then like for example going back to my mom and like all the scary things she learned from Oprah um like we weren't allowed to go for sleepovers which is definitely a very like non-white experience shared throughout I guess North America I don't know if it's the same abroad I was
1: I was never let go for sleepovers myself Well, I mean yeah Irish people are pretty not. I'm
2: not going to say that Irish people are very (laughs) not. But, you know, it's like, it was like that. Like, you don't know what those people are up to. Like, you're going to go to some white person's house and sleep there. And I remember my mom, like, on Oprah, I saw this stepdad did shit to kids. Like, that is why I do not let you guys go to sleepovers. Like, I don't know what their parents are up to. I don't know who's (laughs) living in those houses. So it was like, thanks, Oprah. Now I can't. I have to, like, leave every birthday party early because I'm not allowed to sleep over. Like, especially now that my mom watched that episode about the weird stepfather.
0: Oprah's kind of, like you were saying, it kind of has all of America in it. Because it has, like, the people at their absolute worst and, like, what America considers their best, which is celebrities and giveaways. Cars. Of cars and stuff, yeah. (laughs) So you you can get, like a good sense of how America thinks about itself from Oprah, I think, even if it isn't what America actually is. Yeah,
1: or the story America tells itself about mm. success and failure and pain can all kind of be encapsulated by the different things, that the different kinds of people that Oprah spoke to mm. and the way that she spoke to them.
0: Because no other shows did, like, Ordinary People and Celebrities, I think. That was, that was huh. Oprah's... Only Oprah really did that, I think. I Would that be accurate, said. do you think?
2: Yeah, I think she really ushered in that... Era of, I mean, there was also the View, which I guess did like celebrity stuff, and normal, like it wasn't always like Megan McCain and Whoopi Goldberg fighting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel like those kinds of shows did those things. But she also launched the career, like she created Dr. Phil. Mm.
1: She cre- She's, yeah, she created. Sure, didn't she discover Liz? You're not discover Liz Gilbert, but didn't she kind of make Eat Pray Love happen? Like, yes, was that her? Yes. And Cheryl she Strayed, had- I believe, also. She picked Wilde for the book club. Like, I know about the book's end of it, you know. But um, I know that her taste was sort of irrefutable.
2: Yes. I mean, she was, like, um, a leader for so many, like, I guess it was, I don't know if it was mostly white women. Like, I don't, I really don't know how black Americans saw Oprah or her mm. influence. I know she's, like, the first black woman billionaire. I, I'm pretty wow. sure she is. I think so, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, So I don't know what it was like for black Americans or, I guess, just black people in general, you know, seeing Oprah and seeing her success in her show. And she did have a lot of... Like, she did talk about, I guess, like, race and, you know, things like that. But, yeah, like, she would have her favorite things episode every year. And that was, like, the... That was influencing before influencing was even a thing. Because if, oh, totally, yeah. if you were on, if you were on Oprah's favorite things, you were guaranteed success. Like everyone, you would be sold out within seconds. Everyone would be purchasing this, and like that's the power she had before, like any of anyone had that power.
1: I remember I very recently listened to um, a podcast that talked a bit about James Frey. And uh, a million little oh. pieces. Mm, yeah, yeah. And the greatest transgression it it feels like that he made is that he lied to Oprah's face. Mm. Like he lied to Oprah. And oh, Oprah for I anybody mean,
0: who doesn't remember James Frey, he wrote uh, a thousand little pieces. Thousand little
1: pieces. Yeah. He lied. To, he wrote this memoir about having been an addict and having had a horrendous life that turned out to be a work of fiction.
0: Yeah, but Oprah picked it as her book of the month
1: and interviewed him about it. And then when it came out that he had been lying, he went back on and they had the co- they had a conversation about him telling lies to Oprah with yeah. Oprah. Like she... Uh, but he still sold millions and is still a bazillionaire and is yeah. do, he's doing grand by all means. So even though he fell out of favour with Oprah, her golden touch initially still mm. kind of never wore off.
0: An angry no. Oprah is something to behold. Have you seen the one where she goes to jail to interview a pastor who murdered his wife?
2: No. Oh,
0: it is it is intense. She basically gets him to um, like she basically interrogates him about what happened because he says he can't remember and she's like no you remember tell me what happened and she, just, she obviously just is disgusted by him but she went she went all the way out there to talk to him and just to make him basically say what he did for her camera because he wasn't saying it he wasn't like fully admitting to it in court and stuff but she was like no because you he was like saying it was an accident and stuff she's like no because you put her in a carpet and drove her out to a river he was like yeah no I did do that yeah I guess yeah and she's like and then what else did you do and then what else did you do and then you did that didn't you and but you know you did that didn't you like oh my god oprah yikes it's i would not want to be on the end of an angry oprah and, like questioning at all um yeah she isn't intense
2: i i just like it's i mean she's never shown anymore and i feel like between her show ending and now there's been like a resurgence like she's like come back in a different way where she has her Super Soul Sunday stuff and all that, and her magazine is still very popular. Yeah, even mm-hmm. in the
1: even in the even in the end of days of magazines, O is still kicking big time. Yeah,
2: you you always see Oprah magazine everywhere, and you're just like, man, she's just like like. Well, I can't imagine a world existing without her. Even though, like mm. at this point in my life, I don't consume as much Oprah. Like she's kind of just someone who's always around.
0: Hmm. And like she has her uh her network as well because um which it, it seems to be all like like all black cast dramas pretty much and like play yeah. Perry stuff and it seems to be like four or five like soap operas that she she produces yeah and, and talk
2: shows that are on it like she has um like she had this thing like where are they now where she would find people and it'd be like where's brandy now and it would be like <laughs> where is brandy now yeah and you're like, oh, I guess, or like, you know, like, boy, George, what's, he's up, what's he up to? Mm. You know, like, people who were very interesting at one point. Okay, I just want to say one quick thing about the Tom Cruise part, which is, like, I feel like the part that felt like the most, like, a weird dream to me was at one point in the interview, they're teasing, like, you know how, like, the full episode of, of a show, like, they're always teasing, and when we come back, you're going to be blah, 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 blah. And yeah. then it's... Okay, so throughout the episode, remember how they are teasing, like, and someone named Tom Cruise meets Tom Cruise.
0: Oh yeah, and that then, was, so weird. Said, it they, was so they, weird. They obviously it was going to be a much bigger part of the show, but then they just ran out of, didn't have time for it. Because literally, um, they bring out this guy called Tom Cruise, um, who's like just some guy who works in sales, and he like shakes hands with Tom Cruise, and then they just make him sit down. And that's it. It was obviously going to be a much bigger thing. And they're like, "We, there's so much more going on. We don't have time for this ordinary person to be on stage oh right now." Oh my
1: god, hate to be Tom Cruise. Point two.
0: Yeah. And
2: his wife made a video that you see, and she's like, "My husband's name is Tom Cruise, and no one can believe it." Yeah. Um <laughs> and like, people ask him, "Is that your real name?" And he's like, "Yes, that is my real name, Tom Cruise." <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's from a more innocent time. Uh, that innocent time being an hour before the show started. Yeah. yeah.
1: Before all, all interviewing got... Before Tom Cruise got, like, broken into this next level of, yeah. of whatever he became. <laughs> and
2: um, another thing I just remembered is, like, okay, he was with Nicole Kidman for a long-ass time.
0: Mm.
2: Oh, my God, I'm remembering so much now. I'm sorry to, like, rewind back to this, but it just popped into my head. Oh, no, come no, on, no. keep it coming. <laughs> this
0: is a core thing, yeah.
2: And she... Okay, so... Uh, when I read so I was staying in a place I was sublining this apartment and it had a copy of going clear and of course instead of reading all of it I went to the index and then searched and then like looked for Tom Cruise
0: and then read the Tom Cruise <laughs> of course yeah
2: who and wouldn't I, uh, but
1: realistically
2: speaking who among us and now I tell everyone I've read going clear but I read maybe like, 20 <laughs> it's
1: like pages. the impor- important parts of it to be fair yeah. oh
2: I've, I read what matters yeah. um And apparently his divorce from Nicole Kidman was like, um, according to the book, allegedly, please don't fair game me Scientology. When you listen to this podcast, um, they, they were very, very much in love. And she wasn't fully a Scientologist because she was still close with her family in Australia. She's very, very close with her parents and they were, and her dad's like a psychotherapist or something. And that's like, enemy number one for Scientology. So they were kind of, they didn't want him and Nicole Kidman to be together. Um, and apparently the, the divorce happened out of nowhere. And she's like been in interviews and been like, yeah, it's like, it was really surprising.
1: Oh.
2: Um. So she was, I guess, deemed what they call a, su- a suppressant person. I think it, the term is, but oh. mm, yeah. someone like harmful to Scientologists and Scientology and like, like it's it's called like an SP or whatever
0: oh yeah suppressed person I've definitely heard that yeah yeah yeah.
2: and that's why they got a divorce it was I mean obviously it was his choice but like it was because of Scientology like they were like she's a dangerous person um and they have two kids together that they adopted the kids are Scientologists I don't think they really talked to her but this was after the divorce I don't know how many I think it was only a couple years after the divorce yeah
1: Cause yeah,
0: that, yeah. Because Katie Holmes was pretty quick on the scene. I think.
1: Are they still married?
0: No, oh. they're not. No, uh, she oh, got out of there. she had like a contract in six years, possibly, and Yikes. then she was out. Yeah. Um,
2: um yeah, she escaped, but yeah. they, <laughs> but in the interview, she, he's like saying stuff like, "I've never felt a love like this." Like, really? And I'm just like, "That's a mother. You, you have children with this woman." And, like, you were together for a very, very long time. And, like, you're, you're, like, pretending you, she doesn't exist. Like, like, there's never been anything in my life like this. Like, the way he was talking, I was like, man, if I was Nicole Kidman, I'd be so pissed off. Like, you gave that man so many years of your life. And he went on Oprah to do this. And he's talking, like, it didn't matter. Like, this is, and then he's talking about his kids. And, Alan, I hope you remember this. She, one of his kids is black, his adopted son. And she's like, what was it like adopting a black kid?
0: Yeah. She was trying serious? to get him to, like, do something woke, pretty much. And he instead, he dropped the ball completely. Oh, He's like, oh, I don't see race. Like, no, Tom, that's, oh, no. that's not the answer. We're
2: all humans. <laughs> We're all humans. I don't see race. He's my son. Yeah. And uh, race yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I don't think that's it, Tom Cruise. Like, that's, you would... That's be canceled for that right now like despite i guess like being a scientologist with like maybe slaves working for you like yeah. that's a pretty crazy thing to say out loud
0: it, especially with when oprah asks you like you, you you know you know and and steven spielberg as well he was saying as well both of them and he was like oh, i don't see race in anybody cuz steven spielberg has a i think it's a biracial child as well um yeah just it was bad it was i is it like couldn't do it like it's obviously 2019 bad was it
1: it was probably i think it was bad then but the scrutiny the level because it was broadcasted and then it was over do Mm. you know now we have we have replay value to like i could just open anything on twitter or on youtube on my phone and watch it 50 times write down this like write down everything everybody said deconstruct it Mm. do you know but when things were broadcast on the television they happened and they were over like there was no immediate. Hang on, did he really say that?
0: Yeah, I guess out of all the things he said in that interview, it, c- it comes near the end, just before the Katie Holmes bit as well. So I think people, are, you're you're quite worn out by that point of the interview, as well. Yeah, so. it
2: was. It's like a a very exhausting thing to watch, <laughs> yeah. and even though it's, it's like forty something minutes, but like at the end, I was kind of like, I want more. Mm. Like show
0: me more. Yeah, because Katie Holmes is just brought out, and then Oprah says, "You wanted to marry Tom Cruise when you were uh, a, a girl, and now you're now look at you." And she's like, "Sure, yeah, this is this is exactly what I hoped for. This exact circumstance, yeah." Uh, and then the show just kind of ends, but Katie Holmes is kind of being paraded for all these forty-year-old women. Is who're... he
1: married to somebody now? Oh, I don't think so. No, uh, um, he's married to the craft, Sarah. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs>
2: He's married to cinema, to movies. Mm. Um, truly an I, artist. Truly, <laughs> his wife now. Um, yeah, and I think I I do think maybe like I don't remember any other interview being as iconic, celebrity wise on Oprah. From then on, like I can't yeah. think of any comes into mind where I'm like, oh, like that was really crazy.
0: Yeah, I think probably everybody was warned like you can see you can see what could happen if you let Oprah get into your head too much <laughs> yeah. be more guarded with Oprah I think it's interesting that um, Oprah one thing about Oprah that isn't common with other shows is that she does long form interviews like no yeah. other show Craig Ferguson used to do it a bit but most no other American talk shows really do long form one on one interviews on well yeah not really I think
1: Podcast, podcasts kind of rebirth that's why she's but...
0: in podcasts now I guess because yeah, yeah. she do can you... have big long conversations with people
2: does Ireland have an Oprah?
1: <laughs> Great question.
0: <laughs> We've had oh. Gay Byrne was kind of our Oprah. Gay Byrne was our Oprah. Yeah, yeah. he uh so the Late Late Show is the longest running talk show in the world. It started in like nineteen sixty three and he hosted it from then until like nineteen ninety seven. Uh, and it used to have that same mix of ordinary people talking about um or their Nick. daughter about missing and then also Bono would come on or like um oh. <laughs> oliver wilde or someone you know and give an iconic interview they had a special camera lens they used for iconic interviews where the whole person's face would fill the screen huh. yeah it, it it was like a super close-up they do when someone was saying something important it's really if you watch like we have a show called reading in the years which just packages up old clips of news and talk shows from each year with the music and you, it's it's a really good show actually but um but yeah, I guess it's kind of Gay hey, burn. Gay Byrne was. And I yeah.
1: believe he, his, he, he retired. I actually don't think he's well at the moment. Mm. But we don't have, I don't think that we have a female talk show host. Um, we don't have the same culture. We The Late Late Show still does run every week. And it's still a massive deal. And it can still be a, a make or break career for artists and musicians and whoever's being interviewed. Like it's a big moment to be invited on the Late Late Show. It's a life changer here. But I don't think it holds the same uh, I global impact, of course not. But like, no. uh, we don't, the, the cult of personality isn't the same. There, there are so few Irish media icons who are utterly beloved uh, or even respected, I would say, mm. in the same way that America treats its heroes and its media legends. I don't think that is such a good question. And it kind of is one that breaks my heart a bit. Because I don't think we do have anything that even moderately resembles an opera. And the closest we could get to it was Gay Byrne. And at that, like, Gay Byrne never... Like, there's there's a couple of very famous interviews with him where he was exceptionally unkind to his female guests. Mm, and there's yeah. a very, very famous one where him and Stephen Fry had it out about the existence of God. um, He hasn't... Like, he was a tremendous interviewer, certainly, and is definitely a national treasure. But I don't think the same warmth and love exists in this country for anybody at that level like no. we we eat our our media
0: there's definitely the same level of like empire building
1: no you couldn't no build least. an empire in this island
0: no
2: <laughs> so what you're saying is i can be ireland's oprah oh please oh, for do. sure come over please yeah. come over yeah. you're more than welcome <laughs> <laughs> and i deal with you <laughs> was it it go on was it on tv like i know it was like played worldwide but like how, like, was it something that people cared about like did people watch like i, I guess i'm wondering like what was it just him or like did, did people watch oprah at all like was that on tv yeah
0: it was it's on it used to be on like 11 a.m kind of so we wouldn't have seen it unless we were off sick from school
1: yeah, definitely. It was, it a was big on. Day we had anything.
0: a satellite channel, uh, Sky One. It's a British channel, but like most houses got it, and that was where Oprah was, and Jenny Jones, and Young and the Restless, and, and The Lake, Simpsons, and The Simpsons, and Buffy,
1: it, and all that good ninety shit.
0: Basically. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was all that one channel. But so she, we definitely knew about her and knew that she was huge, but we had fewer opportunities to actually experience that for ourselves i would say
1: but like so many yeah. facets of american culture it's it sort of even if you think about where, where ireland is on the map we're in between two superpowers and two media superpowers because britain pours itself into us and then even from as far across the ocean as it is america pours itself into us so you couldn't like there was still an a ubiquitous quality to oprah even if we weren't watching her every day
0: oh yeah like if you look at the podcast charts over here her podcast is consistently in the top five yeah it is, it's just secretly huge yeah. some of those things, things that everybody doesn't know everybody else is listening to I think mm.
1: the charts will show you like because yeah. because our podcast listenership isn't like obviously our population numbers are teeny weeny but you can really tell what people are listening to mm. like in a different way here in a more specific way so yeah she definitely presides in the same way in the same like empress grade uh, of, of presence But we haven't really got anything like that of our own. No, no.
2: Wow. I mean, I guess I, I did wonder. I mean, it hit me when I was older and would you know visit family in Europe and the UK and stuff, and I'd be like, oh, like, is this how you're consuming things? Like, like also, I feel like a lot of my family specifically or people I'd meet, um, I guess in like Western Europe. They didn't really understand Canada's
1: relation to the U.S. Oh, absolutely! Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. really until I lived there. I lived in California for three years, and I hadn't a clue until I lived over there at all.
2: Yeah, like they would be like, "Oh, have you, have you gone to Los Angeles?" And I hadn't at the time, and I was like, "No," because it, it's like not that much closer than you are really. Mm. <laughs> this is from for, where I am the scale like, of
1: the continent blows my mind. Like we had we made a, f- a few very serious road trip mistakes where we just were like, I know Google Maps says it's 14 hours, but it's probably only around 3. <laughs> uh, oh. America's fucking huge, you know? So let alone America being fucking huge, Canada's huge. Like the scale, the proportionally you can fit Ireland 5 times into the state of California. Oh my god. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I, one, one thing somebody said to me when I moved to the States was um, Europeans think 100 miles is a long way, but Americans think 100 years is a long time. And that's the difference between us. And <laughs> uh, that 100 miles thing, like, truly, I did not know until I got there how big the continent was. Mm. Hadn't a clue. Also, that's I funny. think. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think over here, our kind of relationship with Canada is that we assume all North Americans are Americans, so we find out they're Canadian, and then we're surprised by, by how many many people are actually Canadian. Yeah, like Alanis Morissette and Brian Adams and Mike Myers and Seth Rogen and like everybody that we like. Yeah, Irish people actually like Canadians a lot more than they think when you start listening them but out. We
1: just, but we just don't know.
0: Yeah, who's because it all gets yeah, just I mean, filtered through yeah. American TV. Yeah,
1: we won't let you forget it.
0: Mm.
2: Like. I feel like that someone, there was a tweet recently where it's like that format, like nobody, and then uh, like a celebrity and it's like Canadian goes like, oh, did you know they're Canadian? Yeah. Like, you know they're Canadian?
1: It's <laughs> <they're laughs> like Keanu Reeves and at I, the moment. Everyone's like, Do you know, Keanu Reeves is Canadian. It's like, no, didn't know that. Great, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, Sandra O is Canadian. Sandra O is from
2: Ottawa, and no one's from Ottawa. So, like, I will not shut up about that. I'd like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, I know what high school she went to. <laughs> um, at, I don't know. I guess it's like, I feel like it'd probably be, I mean, minus political tensions, very similar to the UK and you guys.
0: Yeah, Maybe I think that like, I get that. Like, even the fact that we, it didn't occur to me till now that Oprah isn't the Canadian Oprah. Who is the Canadian Oprah? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah.
1: A, there you go. Who's, who's counted the as Canadian Oprah? Canadian Oprah. Um, uh,
2: that's a, that's a real tough one because there are Canadian like media personalities mm. But they're more newsy than they are, like... That's the same here, budget. yeah.
0: They're all from journalism. Nail on the head. Yeah.
2: yeah. And so it's not so much like, oh, yeah, they, they'll have... um, We'll, we'll have that um, that person, and they're the ones people go to when they come to Canada. Um, there's nothing really... Like, we've never had a late-night television show, also. Mm. Yeah, sure, we only have the one.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> there was maybe one that was, um yeah, I mean, the Strombo show, it was this guy and he had, it, it was on um, the Canadian Broadcasting Center, whatever network, CBC, and he would, like, he had this late night show. It wasn't even that late. I guess it was, like, 9 p.m. <laughs> and people would come on and he would interview them, but um, he's very accessible. I think the difference here is, like, Anyone who's Canadian, you know someone who knows them.
1: Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
2: It's not like hard like if there's a Canadian celebrity like someone has a story where they saw where they see them or they know someone who's friends with them or someone who's dated them and it's just like very small in that way.
0: Yeah. Mm.
2: But so it, it never feels like out of reach, you know? Like there it doesn't there's no one who you're like I cannot get close to this person like i will never i will never see them with my own eyes i will never talk to them oh yeah it's like you
0: you can't like transform yourself fully and like shield yourself from like your past the way like you can in america like the same with with irish people like there's a a, like i'm from waterford which is a town or city of like forty thousand people you
1: said it you said town so next time i do it you can't give
0: out to me okay uh but like we have like a local radio station one of the djs there is called rick murphy and but everybody's like i went to school your name's paddy murphy we know you you know you can't you can't hide from people in like there's con- no countries the size of Canada or Ireland really
1: you can't reinvent yourself
0: yeah,
2: yeah I don't know it's like is it is it as I guess it's, is it that accessible in Ireland will someone be like oh yeah I know Saoirse Ronan
1: oh yeah <laughs> I to with her oh yeah 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 fully like should the big debate here about Saoirse Ronan is whether or not her accent is authentic hmm. what the yeah truth? The, the specificity accent... of her accent is not correct Like, that's a big thing here. People are awful about, like, Saoirse. I mean, I'm I'm mad about her. I think she's great. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of uh, discourse about Saoirse Ronan, if you will, uh, around here. Um,
0: And it's because she is from somewhere like 60 miles away from Dublin. Yeah, she's not from Dublin. So she has the 60 miles away from Dublin accent instead of the Dublin accent, which is not uh, an accent scale that North Americans can use, I think, really. Our
1: accents are so weird and nuanced. Like, I'm I'm from the other end of the country, Talon, you know? Which um, I suppose you could probably hear that we both have fairly different accents. I would say right? so. Yeah. But, yeah, but but
2: they're great. Like I, I mean,
1: they're aw. just great accents. So it's- <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> I always forget that people from different countries like our accents. Because yeah. when I was living in the states, I just felt like fucking Margaret Cho walking on in Boardwalk Empire. Like I felt like <laughs> a fucking famine joke to people. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's grand. I'll take it. I was gr- I was fine, but it was it's just nice to be thought of. Yeah, it was nice yeah. to be thought of. You know, um. But the but for in, ter- in terms of Saoirse Ronan, what I feel about her is like when you're an Irish person talking to Americans, of course your accent goes all wonky because mm. you're trying to slow down for them. You're trying to not say anything they don't understand. You're trying to like there's loads of thing of adjustments that you have to make. So Irish people are terrible about people like Saoirse Ronan. But like if you're talking to an American interviewer, then and you're probably exa- if you're Saoirse Ronan, you're probably exhausted of having to explain your name over and mm-hmm. over again. And she definitely would be like not the only person in the world who probably has that problem but she um like I get I get why her accent isn't precisely locatable in the same way so many of our Irish people's accents are locatable and Irish people are not great about her like I wouldn't say she's as beloved here as she should be I mm. know. oh
2: wow she's very beloved
1: I'm so glad because she's so talented and gorgeous I just like go get him like the mm. Gleasons the, like Donald Gleason and all don't get nearly as much abuse as she does
0: oh yeah and like literally like once a week someone on Twitter will go i just saw donald leeson in a cafe yeah, yeah.
1: or <laughs> hosier or
0: hosier yeah, yeah we all know
1: hosier we all like yeah, we all know yeah. hosier's brother like do you know what
0: yeah. i mean like it's we literally know hosier's literally, brother yeah,
1: yeah yeah so like we booked hosier for i used to run events many years ago um jesus christ nearly 10 years ago and uh we ran this like all night like uh indoor festival ravey situation back during the recession when there were loads of empty buildings and uh hosier played our second stage like he's there and now he's like you know bog prince everyone's right you know that's
0: the thing like like americans are always like hosier bog prince fairy man prince of the the twigs or whatever and everybody else like, that is hosier from that's andrew from bray yeah <laughs> yeah
1: so yeah maybe we all do know each
0: other cases. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so back to Oprah. So finally, um, Sarah, what like how do you? What's your relationship to Oprah now, like in 2019? Finish up.
2: Um, I still love her, and I guess I haven't thought about her as much as I have in recent years. And I guess like as I'm, you know, like when I started becoming a writer and publishing things, and you know, getting more into culture and understanding how you know, things work. I guess I admire her way more because I mean, she really did come from like her up, like her life story is insane. Oh, it's astounding. Yeah. Like she was, you know, she went through so much to get to where she is now. Like she's heard no, so many, like she's really made it from not having any connections. There's no, like it's all her, you know, you know, Um, and I, I definitely appreciate that on a, in a different way now, because she, it it just like proves how special of a person she is and how remarkable of a like woman she is. Like whether you, even if you don't care about Oprah or don't like her, I mean, no one can deny that she's like, she's an incredibly special and talented person. And I don't think Many like her come around, like there's not going to be another Oprah. Like there's never going to
1: do you think there can't be? Do you think the internet has destroyed the possibility? because I was just thinking that as you were talking, I was like, do you think we could do this again? Like, no, you know? I don't
2: think so. like i I really don't think can be someone. There can be people who are like Oprah, but they will she's the only she's the only person that will ever be her. Mm. And I think that's pretty insane. also, I feel like. I mean, like, everyone always talks about being starstruck or like how star, well, I don't know if everyone does, but my friends and I are always like, how starstruck would you be if you saw this person? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like if I saw many famous people, I would probably like, you know, respect their space and not go up to them and say anything. But I don't know if I would be able to stop myself with Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I saw Oprah, if I would be physically able to not speak to her. I guess now maybe it'd be, like, Oprah and, like, a few Toronto Raptors. Because <laughs> they, they won the championship. But I I don't think I would be able to stop myself from, from being like, this is my only... I will never see this woman again. I have to do something about it.
1: What would you say to her?
2: Okay, I've, practic- I, I've thought about this. Because... I'm sure everyone says, like, listen, like, I'm so sorry. Like, oh, my God, I never do this. <laughs> or, like, you know, they, like, apologize to her. But she's probably so used to it, so it doesn't matter.
0: Oh, it's her life, totally, yeah.
2: I would just be like, Oprah, like, I love you. <laughs> I would just be <laughs> – I would, I would probably say it in a – like, I would probably stutter and not be able to find the words. I would probably just be like, you're everything. You're, <laughs> you're the whole – the whole universe in one person. Mm. <laughs> no, it's like I, I I'm getting nervous thinking about the hypothetical right now. That's amazing though. <laughs> what
1: what an amazing feeling though. Like like that is the best feeling ever. Like where that that excitement still exists. Like you know. And yeah,
2: it's not even like I keep up with her that much. Like I'm not googling. Like I, I don't listen to her podcast even. Like I'm not I'm not like oh what's Oprah up to? What has she done today? But she's just so like formative to my life that I would just like I wouldn't I just would be totally starstruck. Mm, she's
0: there like we
1: go. A monolith. Gorgeous.
2: Yeah. And I, I mean like I would in my in my, you know, most wild Oprah fantasy, I would do the Oprah hands with her that Tom Cruise does when, <laughs> when they <laughs> And I'd be like, Yes, we did it or something. You know she love like, it. We, yeah. And we'd be really close about that, but yeah. I know I'll never be around Oprah. Like I, I will never reach that level where I can Oprah hands with her. So,
0: well, we're so gonna stay hopeful for you.
1: Yeah, I'm staying hopeful. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I, I'm out here lighting candles for that now. I want yeah. that to happen. I
2: if I if I ever Oprah hands with Oprah, you guys will be the first to know. Thank you. Actually, I'll probably tweet about it and then I'll DM Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, we did it. <laughs>
0: Okay, that seems like a perfect place to finish off. Uh, Sarah, where can we find you on social media and stuff?
2: Uh, I'm on Twitter, twitter.com slash legs.
0: Cool. Uh, Sarah Griffin, where can we find you on stuff?
1: I'm on Twitter at Griffsky. and you can find my books in shops. And I'm Sarah Grifski on Instagram. Alan, where can we find you?
0: I am Alan underscore McGuire everywhere. And then you can find Juvenalia at Juvenalia underscore pod on Twitter and Juvenalia pod on Instagram. Uh, thank you to Tall Tales and Cassie. For hosting us and our studio. Thank you to Dean McDonald for our artwork. Uh, we have a Patreon, as always, still there. And we'll give you stuff if you subscribe to it. Um, so thank you again, Sarah Haggy.
2: Thank you guys so much.
0: Thank this is so, so much fun. You guys are the
2: best. Thank you. You too.
0: Bye. Oh, see ya. Bye. Bye. bye.